0: Yuma and welcome, I'm Phil McAuliffe, I'm the Loneliness Guy, and this is Connection Over Coffee. This is a podcast that proudly supports and serves gay men experiencing loneliness and helps them take steps to getting the authentic connection they need and deserve. It's also proudly recorded, edited, and uploaded in Canberra, Australia's capital city, on the traditional country of the Ngunnawal people, and I humbly acknowledge and pay my respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. I'm glad you're here, so please make yourself comfortable and I'll go get us some coffees. Here you go. Welcome to episode 44 of this podcast. In this episode, we're going to have a chat about what I feel are the five truths about gay loneliness. But before we get too far into the episode, I want to remind you that you are amazing. Very few gay men seek out and then listen to podcasts or watch videos on YouTube about loneliness unless they've come to the realization that they're lonely. And that realization can be very uncomfortable, right? The stigma and the shame that we feel is real, and it takes a lot of courage to even engage with the subject. So if you're coming back for another coffee and a chat with me, or if this is your first time, I'm really proud of you, and I'm really grateful for you that, well, I'm really grateful to you that you're joining me. As The Loneliness Guy, I'm all about destigmatizing gay loneliness and promoting authentic connection for gay men globally through my website, thelonelinessguy.com. On the website, you'll find my blog, podcast, and details of my services, including one-on-one connection mentoring calls and connection support group calls, as well as details of coaches and human connection experts with whom I've partnered. Friend, my services are all designed to help and serve you, and to help you learn from your loneliness and help you begin the path back to connection. You are worthy of love and belonging and you are worthy of receiving the same um, same support and love that you so freely give to those around you and connection is important because it's the antidote to loneliness my work is all about building and constantly maintaining what i refer to as the three pillars of connection that being to ourselves to those most important to us and to our communities Each of these three pillars must be as strong as the others for us to feel really connected and to live past our loneliness. Go and have a look at the website, especially if you feel that what I say during this episode or any other previous episode feels like I'm speaking directly to you. And please let me know how I can best serve and support you. And while The Loneliness Guy has been around for over two years, I'm still working to get the whole thing off the ground. My work is largely audience-supported, so if you get value from this episode and want to help me continue this work and reach more gay men experiencing loneliness, please show your appreciation and support through a kind review on the service through which you're listening, and tapping on the Buy Me A Coffee link in the episode description. Thank you in advance for your generosity. So, this is episode 44. Let's crack into it. So on Thursday, the 30th of June, 2022, I published five truths of gay loneliness. We'll be going through them in this chat, and you know, also in this chat beyond what I wrote in the blog. I want to give you a bit more insight and and perspective from all of um, from all of this. So the first. Uh, The first truth of the five truths of gay loneliness that I want to talk about today is one that is outside of us outside of us as individuals and that's kind of I guess if we were, you know, talking scientifically or economically, that's like the macro perspective and It's the truth is society makes you lonely society makes us lonely because as gay men, we grow up in heteronormative societies. The relationships that we saw and modelled in popular culture, so on TV, magazines, etc., were all heteronormative. School texts uh, at school, that when we read in English class, were, um, or if you didn't grow up in an English-speaking environment, in you know when you were reading literature, the the texts contained. Characters who were largely heteronormative and the relationships that we saw in literature on TV in movies um, were heteronormative Gay and queer culture was pushed underground and out of sight particularly in the 80s um, and you know, during during the AIDS crisis where you know being gay was synonymous with being a diseased person with carrying that disease and infecting not only people's health, but also people's morals and corrupting people's morals. So as a result, queer and gay spaces, queer and gay culture was pushed out of sight. And that which was easily accessible about gay and queer culture, like porn, was freely available. And largely the, the first encounter that we had with the gay and que- queer community. And that can skew our perception of gay love and gay relationships and what it means to be gay and relate to ourselves, what it means to relate to those most important to us and to relate with our communities. And at school in the playgrounds, we were exposed to horrendous taunts for being different, not necessarily only for being gay, but possibly, um, you know, not being sporty or not being smart or being too smart or whatever it was. Kids just find a way that we're different and um, and and exploit that, especially when they know that they've gotten a rise out of us. And we may have witnessed that, but beyond witnessing, we may have been the subject to that as well. So the effect of those those taunts, particularly in our teenage years, were we will say and do almost anything in our teenage years to fit in. And it takes great courage to set up to to to, to be a part of like uh like one word apart not a part but but to stand outside and to be outside of the norm it takes an enormous amount of courage and the stories that we tell ourselves about how we need to fit in when we're teenagers are really powerful because you know there's safety in being part of the group there's safety in hiding parts of who we are that we fear that we won't be that 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 we fear That we won't be accepted, Um, and that is phenomenal. Like those those behaviours that we learn during our teenage years carry way on into adulthood until they served. Well, they served us at the time. They they kept us safe, but then there comes a time when we realise that they no longer serve us, and that which served us no longer does. So those. Taunts, the bullying, the harassment, the awful experiences that I'm sure you experienced as well as I did, where we felt absolutely horrible for being the slightest bit different um, and standing out of the norm. I'm sure you're feeling the effect of all of those stories that you've turned into beliefs that now influence how you connect with yourself to those most important to you and to your communities. And as adults, Living in a heteronormative society, we constantly have to fight for our rights and the rights of others in the LGBTIQA+ plus communities wherever they are in the world. We constantly, like we 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 know we know. And I'm going to avoid using current. It's it's late June 2022. I'm going to avu- uh, um, avoid using contemporary. Um, media uh, uh, well contemporary events because that kind of dates how things are Uh, that kind of dates the content I should say however we're getting a very real live example of rights are not guaranteed forever if you are not white if you are not male and if you are not straight The the, the rights and privileges that are enjoyed by others are dependent on stale, male, pale people in positions of authority. And it feels like at a whim, at a whim, those rights that have been so hard fought, if we're not paying attention, can be taken away from us. And so there's a constant battle battle to maintain, not only just to advance, but simply to maintain the progress that has been made in many of our societies so far. And we're not all the way there yet. But it's another example of how we are different, how we don't fit in to the heteronormative mold of society. And we absorbed all of this. We absorbed all of this in the playground, in political discussion in literature, popular culture, we absorbed it all, just like little sponges. And by, when we didn't really, sorry, we didn't merely absorb it, we moulded and adapted ourselves to fit into that structure, into that society, and so we could stay safe. We grew up and live in a society that overtly or subtly tells us that we're not normal, that we don't belong because we're not normal. So for all of that, it's little wonder that we struggle to connect. It's a little wonder that we struggle to connect with ourselves. It's a little wonder that we struggle to know how to connect with others because we've been told and absorbed that we're wrong. You have absorbed. You have turned those into beliefs that you don't belong. And it's hard to make connections to yourself, to those most important to you, and to your communities if fundamentally you do not believe that you belong. You do not believe that you are worthy of love and belonging just as you are. We feel that we are worthy of love and belonging only when we have adapted and molded ourselves into a version that is pleasing to others. That's a lot. That's a lot right there. It's little wonder. It's little wonder that you, as a beautiful gay man, are feeling lonely. It's little wonder. Because that's big. That's big. If we were fish, the entire water that we swim in is telling us that we don't belong. It's little wonder that we feel so disconnected, isolated, and lonely. From ourselves as individuals, we're we're estranged from who we are, let alone an, un, an, a, an inability, therefore, to connect with others. Not only do we swim, using that whole fish thing, do we swim in water that tells us that we're not right. We live in a society where we are constantly under pressure to be positive. To only show the good in the world, in us. We're encouraged to only think positively, be positive, act positively. Don't be the Debbie Downer. Don't be the person who drags everyone down. Don't be Eeyore. If you're a fan of Winnie the Pooh, don't be Eeyore. The world doesn't need Eeyore. The world only wants Tiggers. So, as a result, I maintain that we've lost our collective ability to hold space for uncomfortable thoughts and emotions. We support others and others support us, but sometimes, well, often when it gets hard, the message that we get is, yeah, that's really hard. You need to get professional help because that's not something that I can deal with. So, because we've lost the ability to hold space for uncomfortable and, 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 Potentially inconvenient conversations. Not we. When we're experiencing loneliness, many of us don't need professional help. We need someone beyond us. We need someone within us to listen to us, to listen to our story. Of course, we do need, at times, professional help. But we also need the kind E of... Someone who will simply listen. Someone who will simply listen and not judge. Someone who listens and says, yes, me too. There's so much healing and connection in those wonderful moments. But because we are ill-equipped to sit and handle that kind of levity, because we're relentlessly seeking to be positive and see our worth tied to our positivity and our effervescence and our tiggerness. But when we eventually sort of become at some point or other in our lives, Eeyore, the tiggers around us go, oh, you poor thing. Go off and get some help. Of course, getting professional medical help is always a good option. A great first step Is being able to hold space and to listen and respond with empathy to our stories of loneliness to our stories of not feeling that we're good enough that we're worthy that we're how whatever the struggle is a great first step is to be able to hold that space on to the second one so while you know the first one was all about society being designed to make us feel lonely. The second one brings the issue of loneliness into you, into me, into us as individuals. Because the truth, the second truth, is your loneliness is yours. It's yours. So this is a harsh truth. This is not a fun, pleasant truth. This puts the responsibility for your loneliness on you. What you do with your loneliness is up to you. I cannot solve your loneliness. And while this podcast and my content through the blog is awesome, of course it is. It's awesome. And designed to make you think, designed to let you know that you are not alone in thinking the thoughts and feeling the feelings of loneliness as a gay man, but what? what lies underneath this all as a common denominator uh if we're talking sort of mathematically the common denominator of all of this is you this is your loneliness this is your lived experience of being of experiencing loneliness and your loneliness looks different to anyone else's there's commonalities but you're unique just like everyone else so my loneliness and what causes me to feel lonely is different to yours but there are similarities What helps me feel connected may not make you feel connected, may not help you feel more connected. So it's important that you take responsibility for your loneliness. Your loneliness is yours. Your loneliness is for you to work out what it's trying to tell you about the connection that you need and then the connection that you need to then do. To reiterate the second truth, your loneliness is yours. No one else's. It's no one else's responsibility, but yours to fix it. And there's so much support available for you when you realize that you need to do something about your loneliness. The support's right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. But that second truth segues into truth number three. So once we've owned our loneliness, we then need to prioritize doing connection. And the prioritizing of doing connection sounds great. Sounds easy until you go to do it. Until you go to do it. And if you are having... If you are struggling to put a foot out the door, if you are struggling to pick up a phone, if you are struggling to speak up, you'll know that kind of the the unease within ourselves and the the kind of rapid fire sort of self-doubt that rages within us and the stories that we tell ourselves about our worthiness of love and belonging when we go to do connection. So I want to be really clear, this is not an easy thing to do. This is not an easy thing to do, but you need to prioritize it and need to persist. Because here's the thing about prioritizing the doing of connection. If you are not Prioritizing the doing of connection and you know that you are a gay man experiencing loneliness, my friend, you are choosing to stay in your loneliness. I'll say that again. To know that you're a beautiful gay man and you're a beautiful gay man who's experiencing loneliness and then to not... Prioritize the doing of connection is to choose your loneliness. Awareness without action is still a choice. So, are you choosing? Are you choosing your loneliness because you're not prioritizing your connection? And by connection, remember, it's according to the three pillars of connection connection to self. Connection to those most important to you and connection to community. If you're not prioritizing each one of those types of connection, you're choosing your loneliness. And to move beyond our loneliness, we need to sit with it. We need to listen to what our loneliness is trying to tell us. And that's not fun. That's not comfortable. And there's a real reason that quite possibly you've been avoiding doing exactly that for a number of years. Because it's awful. It's much easier to keep working. It's much easier to party. It's much easier to drink. It's much easier to shop. It's much easier to travel. It's much easier to gamble, work out, have sex, whatever it is. It's much easier to do all of those other things than to sit with your loneliness. But sooner or later, all of those other things that you've been using to numb, to avoid, don't work. And you need to sit with your loneliness and work out what it's trying to tell you without judgment, without shaming yourself. Remember, loneliness is a, a, a human emotion that every human feels. And it's an emotion that tells us you need connection. You need to go get connected. It's an emotion that tells me that I need to go and be connected, however, that looks in that moment. So, we need to prioritize the doing of connection. And that's not easy. Because we're surrounded by people in our lives, in the community, who, generally speaking, are doing things that are also um, avoiding their loneliness or avoiding something else in their life, loneliness or otherwise. But I'm going to say it's generally going to be um, uh, avoiding loneliness because the statistics on how lonely we feel, according to different demographics are enormous like so many of us feel that we need that we're lonely uh, are reporting loneliness um, experiencing loneliness I should say or if we're not reporting loneliness saying that we need more connection in our lives and they're two halves of the same coin so when you do go to pick up the phone to call a friend when you do go to make plans to see someone in person and you're met with, oh, I'm really busy. Please, don't be discouraged. Don't be disheartened. Remember, we always need to prioritize and persist. And the thing that you do not, like, please do not do, is quit. Do not quit. Keep trying. Sometimes being really clear with the person that you're wanting to connect with, about why you're wanting to connect with them, will Allow them to show up for you in the way that you need and deserve. Prioritise and persist. We'll be right back with rules four and five just after this short break. I interrupt myself for just a moment to give you an invitation to look around. Look around you for just a few moments. Don't look like around, don't be creepy about it, but just have a bit of a look around. How many people are with you right now who are also listening to these very words? I'm going to say not many, because the irony of listening to a podcast, which is all about loneliness and then doing connection, is that it's something that we tend to do alone. We listen through our headphones on our commute while out walking or cleaning the house. We don't tend to listen to podcasts in a group like it's the radio in the 30s. But think about this, while you're likely listening to this alone, there are other gay men who are also feeling lonely and are listening to these words too. We're never alone in the thoughts that we're thinking and the feelings we're feeling. We're never alone. And there's power in that knowledge. And that power is community. I'm working to build a supportive community to serve gay men experiencing loneliness wherever they are in the world. I'm working to destigmatize gay loneliness and promote authentic connection for gay men just like you wherever they are in the world. And as part of this, I'd love it if you could send me a pic of you enjoying a coffee, a tea or whatever where you are in the world and that you're happy for me to use on socials. If you're wanting to feel part of a greater global community of awesome gay men, please reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, however it is. Thank you so much for being here. Now, let's get back to the episode. Okay, welcome back. So, we're up to rule four. And rule four is, well, it's a reminder. You're not alone. And I've mentioned this before. Loneliness is part of the human condition. And because it's part of the human condition, every human at some point in their life experiences loneliness. On the other side, every human also experiences other human emotions in their life too, like happiness, like joy. Every human gets hungry and gets thirsty. But we don't judge ourselves for being thirsty, hungry, happy. We don't sort of go, oh, that person's too happy. That goes back to the relentless positivity of rule one. That person's too happy. That person's too joyous. Stop it. But somehow, well, not somehow, for understandable reasons, because it questions our worth of love and belonging and, and kind of implicitly states that we're a failed human who's not unworthy, who is unworthy of love and belonging. We shame our loneliness. And that shame of loneliness creates a stigma of loneliness that means that we don't actually take the steps that we need to get the connection that we need. We, we complicate something that's simple. We complicate something that's simple, and so we dwell, we sit, we linger in our loneliness. We live in our loneliness and convince ourselves that this is our default state, that this is the only these are the only thoughts and feelings that we're worthy of, which then feeds the loneliness, which makes us further isolated from ourselves, from those most important to us, and or our community. So while it's simple, The fourth rule, you're not alone, is really powerful. Because you're not. You're not alone. You're not the only gay man in the world, ever in the history of the world, who's felt the feelings and thought the thoughts of loneliness and how you're feeling and thinking right now. Why are you judging yourself for feeling lonely? And what is the price that you're paying for that judgment? The fifth truth, It's going to say the fifth rule, the fifth truth, the way beyond your loneliness requires you to be vulnerable. And vulnerability is the way, the way out of it, and that's the fifth rule. Vul- vulnerability is the way. because there's a reason why moving beyond the comfortable misery of your loneliness as a gay man seems so hard. Sooner or later, the path towards connection, the connection that you need and deserves, requires you to admit your loneliness aloud. It requires you to essentially come out of a lonely as as a lonely gay man. So in speaking aloud, not only do you say it to others, you need to admit it to yourself and then to those who have earned the right to hear your story. And there's always somebody who's earned that right to hear your story of loneliness. But there's no way around it. The, the like lone, uh, Vulnerability is scary. And the fear this is me speaking personally, the fear I experience in the moments before I share a truth about myself is shit my pants scary. And I'm sure you can point to many times where you've felt the same thing, likely around coming out. Because vulnerability, admitting something about yourself, admitting a truth about yourself risks judgment and further isolation at a time when we need empathy and connection. Particularly going back to rule one, when we're in a relentlessly positive society, and we fear when we admit our loneliness that we get the um, we get pity or we get platitudes. We get oh, don't worry about it, feel, you know, do good things, feel good vibes, whatever the bloody thing is, that we're met with positivity and told to cheer up, cheer up, stiff up a lip, all that kind of stuff. And vulnerability is a stunning example of living life courageously. And I'm here to live my life courageously. And I'm going to admit that often I don't want to be vulnerable. Often I want to stay quiet. I want to stay small. I want to just let things sort themselves out and me not having to use my voice. And I was waiting around a long time for that. Vulnerability is always, always scary. And if living, this is my tip, if living vulnerably doesn't feel like you're walking around naked and risking judgment and further isolation, then you're not doing it right. Because we can't sort of half-ass vulnerability. We can't kind of sort of safely do it. The way that we are vulnerable is by speaking our truth allowed to someone who will meet it with empathy. But we don't know that they will meet it with empathy until we say it. That's, huh, that's courage. That's courage right there. And you've been courageous before. You've come out. You've been courageous before. You keep coming out. So, I'm right here for you. I'm right here when you want, if you feel that I have earned the right to hear your story. Those are the five truths of loneliness. Some of them, as I said, are outside of us, but others bring loneliness into us and compel us to do something about it to do something that moves us beyond the comfortable misery of our loneliness something that moves you beyond the comfortable misery of your loneliness because remember knowing that you are lonely that you're a gay man experiencing loneliness and then choosing to not do connection to not take steps to learn from your loneliness and then do connection is to choose your loneliness. That's, that's the truth. That's it for this episode. Remember that there's a so much content. There's a shitload of content on my site, thelonelinessguide.com, all designed to serve and support you as you learn from your loneliness, and to destigmatize gay loneliness and promote authentic connection for gay men globally. Go onto the site and check out the services me and my team provide you when you're ready to take a step towards the growth and moving beyond your loneliness towards the authentic connection that you need and deserve. Remember, you don't have to stay in the miserable comfort of your loneliness. You can choose growth and connection. Me and my team are here for it when you do. And you won't miss any of the content if you join the mailing list. Joining the mailing list is free, and you'll receive one email each week from me letting you know that there's been new content uploaded or something else interesting is happening around the loneliness guide. Or for something more interactive with me, how about joining me in a wonderful group of awesome gay men learning from their loneliness and are supporting each other as we do connection? Come and join the Premium Connection Lounge on Facebook. It's free to join, and come and join us for monthly Zoom calls, inspiring chats, and exclusive insights into the work here. Follow the links in the episode description if you're interested in either or both of these options. And if you got something from this episode, why not buy me a coffee to say thanks? There's a PayPal link in the episode description, and any money received from your contribution through PayPal goes into me continuing this work, and it's always appreciated. Now, sincerely thank you in advance if you have any questions for me or feedback reach out to me on socials or on email to connect at the dot please remember to like comment and share this episode it helps others in your social circle know who may be experiencing loneliness know that they're not alone and that you are a safe space to talk about loneliness and how it makes us feel i really do appreciate you joining me here for coffee today Yara. And until next time, take care of yourself and stay courageous as you prioritize and do connection, prioritize and persist. Remember, see you next time. All sounds that you heard in this episode were recorded at Prefab Eatery on Jesse Street, Wellington. All views expressed in this episode are my own and are intended to support, challenge and inspire gay men to consider the issue of loneliness and increase awareness of the need for authentic connection with themselves, with others and their communities as an antidote to loneliness. They are not intended to, nor should they, replace the advice of a licensed helping professional. Please consult the resources page on my website, The Loneliness guide.com if you feel that you need the services of a licensed helping professional. Thanks for listening.